We've made it to two episodes. <laughs> this is the difficult second episode. It's like Adele, isn't it? How can you top the first one? Do another. This is- <laughs> <laughs> so I've been watching so much of the footballs. You have, haven't you? Mm. To say that you're a non-fan of football. I'm not, I'm not right, right. I'm not like a non-fan. <laughs> it's just I've never got behind a certain team or anything. Just because it's so boisterous. Right. Like, chill out. I love a good bit of competitiveness. Yeah. But then people are rude to each other and they call each other names and I don't like it. Oh. I like people to be nice. Yeah, I like people to be You're nice. You're a loser. <laughs> right, okay. As a referee now, I'll stop the game. Right. And award a VAR decision <laughs> as to your conduct for that. Uh, you, you know, watching the World Cup so far, I thought they were just breaking into charades or something. The amount of times they go TV show. <laughs> so how many words is it? <laughs> When's the book? <laughs> yeah. When's they, there a film? Yeah, they never do a movie, do they? Um, right, so VAR, of course, has been sort of a bit of a bit of the talk of the town when it comes to the World Cup, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, g'day. Um, yeah, I, I can't quite remember the actual stats for how many penalties were awarded. I think it's now three million. I think at halfway of the group stages, yes, we had more penalties than last World Cup altogether. Yeah, it's fascinating stat, isn't it? I love it because they just there's two or three that don't go in, but they go VAR and then they like do the big old point towards yeah. the goal and start running towards it. It's like, oh my god, there's gonna be a goal! And if it's not VAR for a penalty, it's is it off the line? Did it cross the line? Who knows? That's been happening quite a do few you, times in the group stage. Not as much as VAR penalties though. Do you think that VAR is a good thing? Because it's very Marmite to a lot of people, isn't yeah. it? I like it. I think, you I know, ironically, this Russia World Cup has been the fairest World Cup of them all. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? Um, I've been to quite a few rugby league matches because in the North, that's all we play. So they always have the, oh, it's going to go to the big screen. They actually point to somebody upstairs after they've done the, the big old screen, the referees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They point to someone upstairs and... Just Kev making the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, flipping heck, I've got to make a decision now. <laughs> is it sugar <laughs> or is it sweetener? <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, the excitement whilst you're in the crowd because mm. in, in Britain, football um, at the moment we don't have VAR decisions so you can't actually I can't feel what it's like in Russia right now for a VAR decision it's so exciting on the telly and it's so exciting in rugby because you're like oh is it going to be a penalty is it going to be a this kick or that kick I don't know the rules in rugby but you sort of then all look at the screen and you're waiting and there's so much anticipation and excitement and then it's a, it's a correct decision, whatever the outcome. It takes its time a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. But I, I think that's okay if the penalty is given or if the goal is given or if the yeah. corner or if the foul or whatever is given. But if it's not, it feels like the biggest waste of time ever. What tickles me is the players that then run up to the referee when it's a decision that's being correct and they're like, ref, why can't you change it now? <laughs> Uh, excuse me, I've already changed it. Don't change it again. <laughs> Balls! What's been the best penalty so far? What's been the best penalty? Yeah. There's one for me. Well, I, I, I can't really remember. Hurricane Harry Kane scoring, was it the he first done... or the fourth goal for England yeah. the other day? Well, he done both exactly the same, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so both of them. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Because, uh, like, surely after the first one, you think, okay, he's definitely, like, if he's going to go there, yeah. I'll make sure I'm ready for that. If not, I'm ready for whatever else. Yeah. They still just, like, looked at it, go past him. Yeah. Can we quickly talk about um, the VAR decisions that didn't really go for Germany the other day when okay. they lost 2-0 to South Korea? 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. How weird was that? But then last year's goals, winners, right? Yeah, last last La- World last Cup year's winners. Last World Cup, yeah. So they were t- they were so boisterous from the start, Germany. You could tell they were like Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea, easy. They finished bottom of the group. I mean, are you upset? Uh, a little bit, because my boy Tony Kroos, he's going home already. Oh, at least you get to see him more over the summer whilst everyone else is still playing. Yeah, but I don't get, I don't get to see him. But yeah, the South Korea goals, both of them, were their first two goals at this year's World Cup, both against Germany. But they both went to a VAR decision. Right. But, I mean, what was the point? <laughs> Nobody cared. Even the German fans and players didn't care that it was a VAR. It was going to be a goal, whatever yeah. the outcome. They were already packing their bags. They were on their way home. So do you think Germany's been the shocker? So far, oh, the hands down, the world champions finishing bottom of the group. But don't, isn't it kind of a thing? Like if you win the World Cup, you get knocked out in the group stages the next time round. We don't do very well. Just, just look at was uh, it Italy, Spain, Spain, and I think uh, yeah, it could have been Italy two thousand and six. They'd won that, and then I think they didn't even reach the quarterfinals or anything in the in the next World Cup. I can't remember. I should know the facts, but I. You're, you, yeah, you're kind I don't of today. In, 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 in this podcast, sort of stuff, you're supposed to be the guy that knows everything. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you don't, it's kind of just me rambling on about nothing. Should we talk about Drag Race or something instead? Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Balls. There has been a football player in one of the top world leagues come out as gay during Pride Month. Yeah! I mean, on the on the very final day of Pride Month, but yeah. still, it still counts. It's still in there. Um, well, it, it was actually because the MLS, the American mm-hmm. League. Yeah. And not My to be confused. My little soccer. Right. Okay, yeah, it's not a big league. <laughs> <laughs> it's not huge. Um, they have a dedicated Pride weekend okay. of football matches. Because obviously there's a lot of American prides happening in Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this guy from my little soccer team, uh, Minnesota United. Yeah. Um, Colin Martin. Yes. 23 years old. Um, See, he's quite young still, isn't he? Yeah. So he's he's either going to have a lot of praise for many, many years to come. Because obviously he's going to have a lot of TV interviews, radio interviews to do. Hundreds. We should probably get on a book him now, shan't we? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just speed dial him. Yeah. All right, Cole. Find him on Tinder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grinder. Do you think he'll be on there? Uh, I think he's a bit more upper class than that. But for Colin Martin, being so young, um, doing that must be so incredible because he's the first player to be still playing for a top league to be out as a gay man. Yeah. Um, but also, being that young in such a, I don't know how to say it, such a hetero world. Right. Must be quite daunting for him. He must be so like brave to actually do this. Massively brave. I, I could not do it. In this current climate, I could not do it. The MLS is a league that the leagues around the world should look at and really admire because it, it brings together all walks of life. Mm-hmm. It genuinely does bring all walks of life together. There's dedicated pride matches in the MLS. We don't have that over here. We have the Rainbow Laces campaign, which Stonewall do at an absolutely amazing job at and yeah there might be the odd lgbt page in certain programs which they're gonna scrap programs thank you very much to the sorry i'm just baffled by that decision but um i i do i do think that the premier league for example and the efl should have a dedicated pride weekend okay they have a dedicated pride few events that happen yeah they might change the corner flags 
to pride flags, for example. Great. Change the, the, the shoelaces to rainbow laces. Amazing. But they don't have a dedicated match where everybody show, shows their support for the LGBT community, which is what the MLS do. And, you know, it was a, a normal game, Minnesota United against FC Dallas, and Colin Martin came out before that in a tweet. That was his decision to do that. He could have quite happily come onto the pitch and come out... That's more daunting, so... Oh, what, 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 just gra- grab the microphone of the, annou- the, yeah, the stadium announcer or whatever. If that was his decision... I love! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. But I, I think the MLS commissioner, Don Garber, afterwards said, we admire Colin's courage and are proud of him, of the support, uh, and of the support from the soccer community. Obviously, they call us soccer. What? What? And, and I've seen, I read a tweet uh, to you earlier about, um, I think, was it Portland Timbers? It was their actual fans who tweeted Colin Martin and Minnesota United. So was it the club or the fans? It was the fans, but the club retweeted it. Okay. Saying that you've you've always got a supporter from afar. Which is nice, isn't which it? Which is, you know, amazing. That's like Arsenal showing support for a Crystal Palace player who okay. might have come out. That's That's brilliant. Okay, so Colin Martin, MLS player, he's came out. What if he was in the Premier League? What if he played for, I don't know, Tottenham? Would he come out then, do you think? I I think uh, the leagues around the world, if they didn't do a Pride match, which would, you know, Colin Martin would have known that this Pride match was going to happen. Dedicated Pride match where the whole of the, the football team, the city, the state, for example, will have known if they support Minnesota United that there was a dedicated Pride match. I think the league closest to doing something like that, having a Pride weekend, is actually the German Bundesliga. I think they're the second most open team. Um, If you remember the refugee crisis, Bayern Munich actually said, yeah, we accept it. They showed their support by, you know, the the flags before the match kicks off and they have the banners and everything. They actually showed their support during that. They'd be one of the biggest teams to show their support for LGBTQ plus uh, players, fans in Germany. They are the leading German club, essentially the Manchester United of Germany. If Tottenham did it, for example, and proud Lily Whites do an amazing job because ever since I've watched Match of the Day, I have always seen the pride flag from the proud Lily Whites in the corner of White Hart Lane. I don't know if I've seen it at Wembley. I can't quite remember to be right. quite honest, but I'm sure that there will be a strategic place for the new stadium when it's built. So the camera picks up the pride flag in any match. So yeah, I, I, do, I do think it's it's very hard to make that decision whether to come out or not in the top leagues. This is a little jingle to fill space between times when we're talking, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Balls! So the World Cup is well and truly underway. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I did that voice. Lovely that voice though. Um, and you may have noticed, especially in the last few England games, especially uh, for me, I saw this thing at the Panama game. This thing being a pride flag, uh, a three lions pride flag. And I think we mentioned this in la- in the last episode because um, it's been like officially signed off by the FA yeah. and FIFA and whatnot, um, and it's m- making kind of a huge presence at the England games, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All five goals in the first half of the England Panama game, you may have noticed, was uh, a pride flag in the background. Now you might think, yeah, so whatever, mate. But this is in Russia. This is 
a very harsh country when it comes to LGBT issues. But we are joined on the podcast by Di and Joe. They are from possibly the biggest Pride group in England. Yeah. Uh, in terms of football, from Three Lines Pride. Hello, we're in the airport and it was really quiet and now there's a load of work going on, so <laughs> I'm hoping that you can't pick that up. Uh, yeah, it's okay, we can hear you, that's all that matters. I think the first question has to I be, can. how is Russia? Um, it's not really what we expected. I'm sure everyone's saying that, you know, we feel safe and, and uh, yeah, welcome. So, so Joe, as well, how has Russia been for you? I absolutely loved it. Um, it's been a very different experience than I was expecting. And meeting up with LGBT Russians has been wonderful. It really kind of highlighted the difference in atmosphere for people at the World Cup and what they face day to day. Okay, so, so do you think the atmosphere in football has been different because of the World Cup than what it is normally over there? I think definitely. Um, we had a little insight into that when we went to Nizhny Novgorod. We met up with uh, some local LGBT activists at an event with uh, the Russian LGBT Sports Federation and the British Embassy. And there were people kind of like trying to come into this private event and take photos of the people that were there. And it was all very um, kind of underground and hidden. And it was kind of an experience, an insight into the experiences that they, they, they all of the LGBT Russians there were in the night at FFC. And we had another a similar kind of sinister episode uh, the other day. We watched the Belgium game, yeah, the England Belgium game, and in, in the company of uh, the LGBT plus community in Moscow. And there were uh, two police vehicles right outside the place where we were meeting. And um, so there was a little bit of a shadow. But having said that, we have had this amazing protection from uh, FIFA Trophy of the World Cup. So we know that as LGBT plus people in Russia, we are safe. You know, not only to support our team, but to show some solidarity with the with other gay fans throughout the world as well as in Russia. And you're saying there like it's a bit underground, but the whole idea of you two going out there um, with that flag is to not be underground at all. It's to have a presence there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So for us, it's been fine, but we really are getting a sense now that it's not. It would no way would it be fine for Russian LGBT fans. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we're getting the message across slowly that, that all countries need to respect all fans from minority groups and make sure that everybody is welcome at these massive and um, prestigious international events. And that an LGBT fan should be able to go and follow and support their team regardless of where they're playing in the world. Absolutely. I mean, it, has there been a point where you've genuinely been scared for your safety? As, as just two LGBT fans of, of England? I, I mean, it obviously was disturbing to see the police cars outside uh, the meeting where we were watching the match the other day. And it was disturbing when we had a, a supervisor take our banner down at Nizhny. I, no, I've made my personal safety, I've never felt threatened. I've always been conscious that we have the back of, you know, we had this fantastic posse getting the banner into Volkerplatz <laughs> Stadium from the Football Supporters Federation from uh, Football Supporters Europe and from Fairnet, the equalities organisation in Europe. And so we've always felt we've, we've had support. And we also, we got given, um, we had a meeting with um, FIFA officials before Volgograd and uh, they made they gave us a text number to text if we ever felt 
there was a problem and, and we used that uh, to help get the banner in and, and uh, again to get it re- re-displayed when it was taken down so we've got you know fantastic backing uh, our concern really is that you know that that is not going to obtain for, for the people here once the World Cup's finished. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that banner because it was it the Panama match that it was taken down? Yes so Panama match in Nizhny Novgorod that uh, it was taken down by one of the supervisors Okay. And what did they actually say to you? What What was the reason for them taking it down and removing it? They said those colours are not allowed in the stadium. So <laughs> that was a reference to the 2013 Gay Propaganda Act that came in. Right. Because and, and, essentially it's legal, unlike a car, it is legal to be gay here in a, a same-sex relationship. Yeah. And that equality was then um, rolled out in the 90s. But then in 2013, there was a big kickback against the LGBT community in Russia and the introduction of this law. And nobody really knows exactly what it means, <laughs> other than it is illegal to promote non-traditional relationships to um, minors. So that if children, you know, if children were watching the World Cup on TV and saw that banner, maybe it would, it would say to them that it's okay to be gay and then that would contravene this law. If there were children in the stadium... Then again, that would contravene the law. But what FIFA has said to Russia is, and, and what the Russian Football Union has said, their equivalent of the FA, is that it will be fine to display those in stadiums. So there's this kind of weird dichotomy, you know, if you're in a football stadium here during the World Cup and you can see a rainbow symbol, but if, if um, you know, once the World Cup is over or if you're in the street, then it's not okay and that actually would be an illegal activity. I suppose in that in a way it's not really the supervisor's fault because they're probably going by the laws of what they normally go by, isn't aren't they? Yeah, exactly. But they're all supposed to have had special FIFA training. So I mean, we had a similar problem getting into Volgograd, where two young stewards were really unsure about whether it could be allowed into the stadium for really the same reason, mm. and they called their supervisor and we had to wait twenty minutes, <laughs> and then the supervisor said it's fine, you can go in. But yeah, I mean, hopefully those people are thinking now. Well, Hang on, why is it okay to have that in mm. the stadium during the World Cup? And it's not okay to have it in Russia on the streets or in a stadium when it's outside of the World Cup. A temporary lift on those bands. And for people in Russia, if they're thinking, okay, during the World Cup, it's, it's kind of relaxing the laws. But once the World Cup's over, what happens then? I think that's the real concern in our conversations with um, LGBT uh, activists in both uh, Moscow and Nizhny Novgorod it's a real concern that very little will change afterwards. But the kind of promising side of the conversations we've had with uh, people who've come up to us in the stadium, both English fans, Russian fans, and fans from all over the world, to ask about the banner and that scarves and to have selfies and things like that with us, is that it's been quite clear to us and it's been kind of reaffirmed by LGBT actors in Russia that the younger generation are much more tolerant uh, towards kind of these issues. They just mm. don't really care about uh, <laughs> LGBT um, being kind of this negative thing that the uh, anti-propaganda law states. And so that's a real positive, I think, moving forward for Russia and people just kind of going, oh, so what? And I think that is what we take the positivity from. And also, also the, the positivity from around the world has been amazing on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as people see the banner and, and as people are saying to their own countries, they're saying, why don't we have some of this? You know, whether the 
the country has uh, human rights equality, the LGBT community or not. We need to see more national sides showing allegiance with their LGBT fans. Um, I, I was, I'm guessing you're so glad that England did score five goals in that first half then, because I scored, I saw the flag five times. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, we, we, we were definitely, uh, when uh, Harry Kane got the uh, first penalty, we did kind of go, we don't mind if he misses as long as he shoots that direction. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it, it kept on just getting uh, cut off from the uh, coverage in the stadium. So we like, just add to that that um, Joe is having a little bit of a problem supporting everything that Harry Kane does because uh, Joe is a gooner. Ooh. <laughs> it's a massive conflict of interest. Absolutely. <laughs> how do you feel about, Di, how do you feel about Norwich, Norwich players not being there? I think um, we're going to see James Madison uh, in the Euros in Qatar, no doubt. And we still, you know, he's still one of our own. And to be honest, you know, Harry Kane was on loan at Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> he, was he, was, he was injured both the time. But yeah, he's one of our own too. She keeps making sure she gets that very tenuous link <laughs> to anyone that will listen. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was just thinking, the next game... Um, where is it actually being held? Because I've I've sort of lost it's, track uh, now. Spartak Stadium in Moscow on Tuesday. Okay, and have you been near that stadium before? Uh, yeah, it just so happens we have. Actually, managed to get some tickets to uh, Tunisia, Belgium, and that was at Spartak last week. Okay. Uh, it's a great stadium. Really loved it. Do you think that it'll be easy enough to get the flag in again to that stadium? Who knows? I mean, we've had different problems on the two occasions that we've taken the uh, flag in. And what we're really hoping is that, uh, you know, now everybody's really clued up uh, and that, you know, you would expect maybe that Moscow Stadia are going to be more on it than anywhere else. Yeah. And um, we've just had a message this morning, actually, from FIFA just checking we're going and um, that they, they're going to be there as well, the same pictures that we've worked with before. So, you know, should anything um, go wrong, then we've got their backing again. So, yeah, keep watching your screens on uh, Tuesday at yes. 9 o'clock. We're, we're uh, sitting time. right behind some of the goals, so hopefully Ooh. the uh, banner and half guards will get shown quite a lot. And, yeah, we're hoping for, and maybe not five goals, but certainly for <laughs> a half <goal>. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your predictions then? What's the predictions for the first knockout? I've been promoting Columbia as my outside favourite. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe the time has come. Let's say the time has come. I'm going to say I'm going to say a, a two-one England. Okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to agree with that. Two-one England with, with with an injury time header oh. to win it <laughs> <laughs> from Harry Kane again. <laughs> oh no! Let's go to someone like John Stones. Right. Okay. <laughs> Golden boot for John Stones is what I'm saying. Exactly. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks thank for having us. And enjoy the game on Tuesday, yeah? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, balls. So we've done this last week and we'll do this until the World Cup is over or until we get super bored. And to finish off, we're going to try and get you to guess one of your World Cup stickers. So I've got the pack here. I've torn it open. I've got five of the stickers. You only get five of them. They're ATP each. Yeah. Can be a bit of a rip-off. Especially if you get four of the same people <laughs> keep coming out. How much money do you think you spent on this? I don't want to know. Really. <laughs> don't want to work it out. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm only going to do one. Okay. Okay, so you've got to try and guess this. For, I've, I've tried to pick the easiest one. Right. Um, Have I had this player before? I, I don't know. I, I haven't got your book. So I'm going to give you some clues. All you need to do is guess 
who they are, right? Right. Okay. So Mac Evans. What? That's this Mac cl- Evans. Mac. D- Mac and cheese. No. Evans. Faith. No. Uh, right. You're telling me to swap. Mac Evans. Their last names are the first name famous people. Lee. Yes, that's Lee. the first name. Um, Lee Evans. Okay, uh, a Pussycat Doll song. J-Ho! Yes. A bit close, beginning J- bit. J! Yeah. Um, um, after you've finished singing there, you have... J-Ho! That, no. <laughs> after I've finished, we have a period of silence. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, what's the, what's the past participle of sing? Sang. No. Sung. Yeah! All together. Lee J. Sung! Yeah! The most famous player ever, right? To play for Gionbuk Hyundai in Korea. Hyundai? They've got their own football team? Yeah. Big up, Hyundai. Lee Jae-sung. I've got one here that plays for Selanton. Is it Jan Benarek? No. Dusan Tadic? No. Uh, I'm bored now. <laughs> oh, balls! Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to follow us on all our socials, it's at Balls the Podcast. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Balls the Podcast. Anything to add? Uh, thanks for listening. From me, it's <laughs> goodbye. And from him, it's goodbye. <laughs>